0: This week on The Other Kind Radio, Citizen Kane Slipping, Da Butt at Da Oscars, and Todd is a goat. All that and more headed your way. Today is May 1st. Happy May Day. And this is episode 106. The other kind of radio, talk radio. The other kind of radio. Talk radio. The other kind of radio. Talk radio. The other kind of, radio, talk radio. Other kind of radio, talk radio. Recorded live from the studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to the podcast known as The Other Kind Radio. The other. This is a podcast dedicated to taking pop culture packaging up in auditory form and delivering it to you, the kind listener. My name is Jeff. I'm one of your hosts. Todd will be on in just a moment. Before we get into things today, I want to remind everybody that this episode is brought to you in part by our friends down at Pub 134. Pub 134 is a cozy pub located in Maple Village at 90th and Maple, right here in Omaha, Nebraska. I had the honor of bartending last night with my good buddy, Nick. He ran into a situation, asked me if I wouldn't mind filling in, helping the bartender. Actually, I'm more bar back than bartender. But we had a great time, and uh, just reiterates the whole point. It's a nice, cozy place that got cold drinks for you. Yeah, Nick's got a pizza oven now, and uh, so you can have pizza. We had a street taco pizza that was good last night. Uh, always a friendly staff, so make sure you swing by pub134.com to check them out, or if you like Instagram, go. Uh, They can be found at Pub134 Omaha And uh, stop in Tell Nick I say hi And uh, that the other kind radio Sent you in and he'll give you a hug Or something, we'll see Alright Also want to remind everybody that um, Sometimes I read my notes Now here's the other thing I need to mention real quick About working at Pub134 last night My shift ended at 3.30 in the morning My alarm went off at 8.30 this morning and now we're recording the show at 10. So I'm on limited sleep. So I, pardon me. I at least have an excuse today why I can't read. Um, but at this point in the program, folks, we'd like to remind you to uh, <laughs> like and subscribe to The Other Kind Radio. Uh, by doing so, your help keeping the algorithm that feed that keeps the podcast universe spinning in our show in its gravitational pull it takes just a moment and we'd appreciate it. All right, with all that out of the way, let's get on my podcast partner. He is a family generator, film school graduate, movie maker, guitar and drum player, book author, dive bar boombox founder, and all around a renaissance man, live from a studio in the great state of Texas. Everybody put your hands together for Todd. (laughs)
1: What's up, everyone? What's you know, up? I, I want to ask the rest of the world, did y'all get sleep last night? I I did okay. Did you? You didn't have a gig? No, I got a. Funny thing is, I got a gig that starts in two hours and 40 minutes. Holy, we got to get through this show. Right, come on, Jeff, let's do it. What bar has the Die Bar Boombox people playing at one o'clock? That would be Hoppensting. Oh, in Grapevine, Texas, right down the road from our dear friend, Steve. Steve. Superstar yeah, Steve. Dude. We're playing a a private party of sorts. the 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 pub is open, but the back room is being used for someone's birthday party that you used to, I believe used to work for Steve. So she asked us to come out and play. So nice, we can go do a little private gig, little
0: afternoon gig. I noticed you got your nice shirt on. Is that a Is that an official dive bar boombox shirt?
1: Well, this is not dive bar boombox today. This oh, oh, today would be uh city folk. City folk. Which uh, is the duo that I play with in Superstar Steve.
0: City Folk, also uh, a band frequented by three-time Super Bowl champion Troy Aikman.
1: Yes, that uh, is Or true. he
0: came and watched you once. I, I was trying to I was trying to buff it up a little bit there.
1: Well, and you know, then, you know, if you want to follow City Folk, you can find that on Facebook. And then Dive Bar Boombox, we played at Troy Aikman's restaurant. In fact, we are booked again on June 19th. So if you're in the Arlington area... We start at 9 p.m. that night, so come out and see us, introduce yourself. I'll I'll tell you that I know Jeff, and I'll, I'll I'll tell you all kinds of stories about him if you'll come out and see me. I don't know about that, but okay.
0: All right. And you're also here to tell us the significance of the number 06.
1: That is right. Today's episode 106. Here we go. In 1906, the first Victor Victola phonographic record player was manufactured. And I I tell this, and and Jeff had to step away for a moment. And so I'll repeat it for Jeff. This was the year that the first phonographic record player was was created. I knew that. Did you? No, I didn't. Okay, then let me ask you this. (laughs) Baseball games, what thing of significance happened in 1906 with baseball games? Mighty Casey struck out close oh. umpires were placed in charge of the game <laughs> i was just
0: a smidge just a tiny smidge uh, jack london's
1: novel what did White they have Sane, before King. they
0: had umpires clowns okay that makes it, sense rodeo
1: clowns it was it was really a, a rodeo event they would get in <laughs> little barrels they go straight pop down okay all right sorry go ahead Jack London's novel, The White Fang, just White Fang, not The White Fang, began its serialization in the magazine Outing, which is now, oh, I don't, I can't even make that joke. As soon as I heard outing, I thought, are we outing people? But I won't do that. That's wow. Cool. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you got me going with the rodeo clowns. Now I I can do jokes, and that's not my strong suit. Good job editing yourself there. Thank you. Thank good you job. so much. All right. Uh, The Rolls Royce rolled out the Silver Ghost, which to this day is considered the most valuable car in the world. I don't know why. It doesn't give me any further notes, but it is the most valuable car in the world. Yeah, I think it's. Also, famous actress Mary Astor had planned to release 10,000 imported Brazilian butterflies at her debutante ball. Housed with nets lining the ceiling, however, they didn't take into account the heat of the lights, and her party ended with ten thousand dead insects. Insects showering down on her party guests. Wow, that's what happens. I'm sorry, I was just gonna say that's what happens if you try and do that stuff. I couldn't really look at that and think why wow, this is a pop culture significance, but I just needed to put into people's heads that image of ten thousand dead butterflies. How
0: long you know? yeah, how long do you think for her social circle to forget that like when they were like, oh no, it's fine. I'm sure it was the talk of the town and probably the talk of butterflies for a while too the the, the day of le butterfly.
1: Magica. Well, it's 115 years later and we're still talking about it. There so. you go. Boom. We're
0: bringing it back.
1: That's right. The you know what I'm going to do gonna
0: out... for your 60th what? birthday? I'm going to release 60,000 water balloon butterflies. Water balloon butterflies. Uh... I
1: think that's the name of our next band. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last thing I'm going to throw out, the first animated cartoon called Humorous Phases of Funny Faces was copyrighted. Hmm. I don't know exactly what that means but hey that was the the nascent days of film and I think that did not need to protect themselves
0: wasn't that what Iron Man started
1: no no, no, I don't no. Think so can we go back to outing magazine that let's was, go back like, <laughs> to myself that was kind of fun
0: <laughs> so you set the bar and then you just drop it uh thank you Todd thank you for the uh, significance of the number uh zero six and enjoy continue to enjoy doing that um yeah so, before we get into and to the kind listener, here's what we're going to do. We're going today, we are going to uh, cover just a little bit of news, and then we're going to give you the recap of the 2021 Oscars on a couple different fronts, because um, uh, according to the ratings, uh, Todd and I were one of four people that watched it. Uh, so we're here to give you the lowdown on that, just some interesting things that happened, and then and then we'll uh, release the results of, um, of the prediction contest, of which... Um, was yeah it was a tough evening for me um but before we get into that and i even hid this from my podcast partner um as i was scouring the headlines i saw the following and this is off of <laughs> boing, boing dot net. so if you ever <laughs> where do you go for your news needs Boingboing.net. boing boing they can have that free headline Citizen Kane loses 100% fresh rating after 80-year-old negative review added to Rotten Tomatoes. So there you go, Todd. Citizen Kane is a, is a crap movie now.
1: Real- so I did, I did see that. You did? Oh, okay. Damn it. Thought I had one on you. I, I saw that come across, and I thought, man, this is... uh Yeah. This is a lot of fun when it makes news that the film that, you know, and again, this is a talking point. It's nothing more. There's no such thing as the greatest film. However, can you make a case for the fact that it changed a lot of things the way people saw film, did film? I'm shocked there aren't more negative reviews because if you go back and look at all the history of the crap that uh, that film went through and what Hearst did to it, this is the only negative review they were able to find.
0: Yeah, well, and I have something to admit. I actually was the person that wrote this 80 years ago. This is before we had our conversation. I just like what they wrote. Now, now keep in mind, the rating slipped from 100% to 99%. So, not a huge shift there. But this person wrote, and I just had to giggle, because this is it sounds like something I would say. Quote, Citizen Kane fails to impress critic... As Greatest film Ever Filmed. Um, It's interesting. It's different. In fact, it's bizarre enough to become a museum piece, but its sacrifice of simplicity to eccentricity robs it of distinction and general entertainment value. So there you have it, folks. 80 years ago, people were writing the same minimalistic, random, vague BS when they went and saw something or experienced something that they didn't either know how to
1: um, interpret or what to do with it. So there you go. So when this came out, that was the first thing I wanted to do. I was like, okay, I want to read this review. And you're exactly right, because it, it, it reads of a person that can't see that, oh, they're doing new things with films, things that we didn't expect. And what to them seems like, show off for the the sake of showing off. Right. Changed the way we made movies. Now they do in their talk about that he gives a zealous and effective performance in the title role. So they give him some accolades for acting, but they just effectively call all the the framing of shots the uses of the effect uh, there's one call out to the photography how it's so dark they can't see anything and that's <laughs> almost what people celebrate now is how the the deep focus how you could have something in focus in the foreground and 30 feet away have something in focus and that takes a ton of light to do that especially when you're going to have shadows all around it so come on one really, of the it, I can- it's one of the greatest movies ever but you're gonna tell me there isn't anyone in the world that hates it Please. i can ju-
0: i could just see the headlines now, Todd Hartzell's into the light. Go see it. The beautiful thing is Todd never took the lens cap off the camera, so it's completely dark. Oh, Ninety yes. minutes of pure imagination, pure imagination. Then they'll rip us off because we're we're doing Willy Wonka. Um, yeah. This this review reminds me of two things. One, the Yelp review. Sorry, Yelp uh, yeah. or social media review. I'll say that. That's like you know. Todd and Jeff's, you know, disco diner, which needs to open. Great food, great atmosphere, but the chairs are uncomfortable. One star, right? This (laughs) review is like the tomato had just a little too much tomato taste. One star, you know, it's, it's interesting, but this, these are the roots of the minimalist Jeff where they,
1: (laughs) they just try and compress it. Let's go into reviews real quick on Rotten Tomatoes. Why the hell do I need to know Zippo 394 Texas? What they think of Citizen Kane. The idea that Zippo. that place rates... <laughs> I I was panicking. After. I know. I, lo- I love it. I love it. But that, that place... Automatically now I do like let me say first that Rotten Tomatoes I like how they bring it all together and I can go and what I like about it is I can go and I can find twenty critics I like in one place and go okay I see what they say Right. but the fact that then they also weigh into what the overall rating is because Zippo didn't like it I'm like no I he I don't mean to be ugly I, I, his opinion is is completely valid right but not on a criticism le- level criticism you should be educated to an extent within the art that you're discussing you aren't just some ding dong i <laughs> i have a friend who used to write and and i i tell him all the time i'm like as a musician I, I i'm offended by many critics that don't play anything and then he points out to me with that he's like yeah but i trust me and he does he knows more about music history than anyone i know and these people that are critics there's a reason for it, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to like everything. So I have no problem with this person not liking the movie. It's still a great movie. And if that person was still alive today, because trust me, they died one year after writing that basically, I'd went, you're wrong. <laughs> but that person would probably look and go, wow, I might've been wrong. And Roger Ebert was the King of doing that. He was like, I, I was not in a place to see that I seen it. You know, he would change his opinions and he would change them the other way too. So, right. psh,
0: whatever." And, and it's funny to, to have this, this conversation because Believe you me, I'm not. Uh, I'm not losing sight of the fact that here we are about to critique the Oscars, and it's a tough role because, especially working in production, there are a lot of people that worked really, really, really hard on the Oscars this year. There was a vision, there was a goal, you know, there was a project, and the project was completed. And it's hard for me to, and, and this is even in the conversations you and I have had. It's hard for me to pass judgment, but. I guess it's just, you know, we are in our own heads. There are things that we'll talk about today that I saw on the Oscars that made no sense and may ha- evoked a, an actual emotional response. So I guess we're hardwired that way. But, uh, you know, the idea for me is always the, the the people at the top that are coming up with these, not, not the cat that's running camera or the jeb or... Or running audio those cats are just doing their doing their jobs um which i think they did a pretty good job of all that being said let's get into the 21 and 2021 oscars because i want to keep you on time today and i know i said in the intro we would talk about the oscars and then the results but we're actually going to go reverse i'm going to change the order up. um Uh-oh. what's that
1: i said oh oh
0: so the results are this out of twenty-four possible correct answers, Todd got seventeen. Do you have a calculator nearby? I'm sure. Uh,
1: yes, it's called my brain.
0: Go ahead. Okay, what what percentage did you get right? Eighty-three. Really? You can do that in your head? No. Nice. I, Damn I, no, it. You didn't tell me you were gonna do percentages, jackass. Sorry, that was awesome. I just might edit that whole thing out because you were just like eighty-three. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Yeah, all right.
1: If we were up here, she would say that's my complete BS moment. I'll just God. answer anything so I seem smart.
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't mind. What is, is it? Is it divided by? I can't uh, remember how to do. Percentage. You got seventy percent right. Okay. Yeah, I, eighty-three. A, a, solid yeah. Yeah. a solid C. Yeah. Yeah. Average. Solid C. Average. Yeah. I beat
1: your ass, and you're calling mine a C? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not put the card before the whole... <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tell the people. I'm,
0: I'm Yeah, no. Yeah, so average. So you and, I don't know, a plain taco. That's what you got. Now, on to what I did. Um, I got 8 out of 24. A solid 33%, <laughs> correct, which is a hard fail, but... If I were doing if I if this this percentage was compared to baseball, I'd be in the Hall of Fame. So that's the way I'm looking at it. We have plain taco with his seventy percent and Hall of Fame Jeff with his thirty three percent correct. All kidding aside, Todd, this is the third year in a row that you have trounced me. And I know I have a little speech I give every year, but here's what's gonna happen. Things are gonna change. I'm going to get on PPEs or PEDs and PPEs. I'm going to get on the P's, all the P's of what will be taken. <laughs> and I'm going to come back with a vengeance. I'm going to make friends with Steven Soderbergh. And I'm going to tell your favorite director, what's his name? Spielberg. He and I are going to become besties. I'm going to get an inside track on this because this is embarrassing. But congratulations.
1: I'll uh, you something before we even get into breaking down the Oscars. Yeah don't get with Soderbergh because he will famously project something's going to win and be wrong. So that's the wrong person. Oh, we'll, he, discuss that oh at some point.
0: well then we're kindred spirits at heart there.
1: Yeah. Yes, you too. Yeah. You, you two are like a pair.
0: So we can go, we can quickly go through kind of the main um, categories. Okay. Um, I'm just going to go down the list cause I don't want to get all crazy. But anyway, actor in a leading role, we both missed. Yeah. And what a shock! Maybe I'm maybe I'm kind of bearing the the lead here, but what a sh- I, I, now I get it. There was some shock because um, uh, Chadwick Bozeman didn't get it. I can't say that word. How do you do that when after they've passed? Posthumous. Posthumous. Yes. yes. I, I was. I
1: had, I had to. I had to interpret. Well, yeah,
0: because all I could think of was like, you know, roasted sandwich or something. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so. They saved it for last, which is also not normal, right? Usually, it's best picture that's last, right? Or director, and that's
1: even where I was going with the Soderbergh thing. Soderbergh was in charge of it this year, so the the biggest thing that they did with the thing was to put actor last, and it's a lot of people's opinion that they did it because they expected the poignant moment when Chadwick Boseman would win posthumously.
0: But and that's the note you want to go out on.
1: I guess they wanted that to, to resonate. Okay. You know, look I, here's here's the the complete truth to it. This is probably the most diverse, racially diverse Oscars they've ever had because you had people of color, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you had women. You had all kinds of things winning, and I think more than anything, what they wanted was that last moment when this African American man who passed away was going to win. According to them, they the sentiment was there, but really. If you looked in the trade papers and things, there was a ton of buzz about Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. And people, this was a masterclass in acting. So I'm not. I so I, I picked Chadwick Boseman too, but I'm not right. surprised with what happened.
0: Real quick about Anthony Hopkins, what a class act! Right. Mm-hmm. Um, language coming up. I've I've watched The Father, and it is a masterful masterful performance. But here's the thing. Anthony Hopkins shits Oscars. I mean, that's just what he does. He's never bad in anything, in anything that he does. He is the, to me, one of the apexes when it comes to having your stuff together. Uh, so I'm glad they gave it to him. Now, here's the weird thing they had other people standing out, which looked like they were in a cornfield, nothing against cornfields, with no background, like they were on the top of a building with a helicopter to take him away in some other categories. We got, you know, Sherman over here and, you know, he's standing in a vortex. They would not let, the Academy would not let Anthony Hopkins make a Zoom call. They wouldn't let him do a Zoom call. So he was not there. I'm sorry, I'm bearing the headline here, kind listener. He wasn't there. He couldn't accept his award. 83 years old, wins his, how many does he have? A thousand?
1: Two. Oh, Two. oh. oops. going to check my math there. I'm pretty sure it's only two sons the lambs in this. Okay. Well, maybe he doesn't shit Oscar. <laughs> well, no, he he shits Oscar caliber performances. There you like go. That. Yes. Ah, tied to
0: the rescue. So I just thought that was weird. But anyway, the 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 short of the long is he woke up right. So you're 83 years old. You wake up. You're like, ah, I'm some oatmeal. I'm I'm Sir Anthony Hopkins. I shit Oscar caliber performances. <laughs> he's on the he's on the Wheaties box of, of Oscars and then they they tell hey you won an Oscar last night what a great way to wake up at 83 he put together a very short nice video about being very thankful and he did not expect to win it he also paid a very nice tribute to um Mr B- uh, Bozeman and you know went about his day what a classy guy but shame on you you know Oscars people you know, not letting them zoom in or, you know, just maybe, maybe they didn't know who the winner was. Obviously they, they did the production. So they thought it was going to end on that note, but you know, nobody kicks Anthony Hopkins off of the zoom call.
1: I just, you know, if you watch the Grammys, I always look at music, recorded music as the album is like the art when you can not only record a perfect song, but record something that encompasses the way you're, pursuing your sound and they give away record of the year uh, album of the year excuse me they give it away kind of in the middle of the broadcast to me that should be at the end but they treat the song is the thing and that's their narrative right they don't change that right when you come to movies there's no doubt that the 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 penultimate thing to win is the best picture i think steven soderbergh famous of Traffic, did the, the TV show The Nick, Aaron Brockovich, uh, Ocean's Eleven. This man just, he shits quality <laughs> directing performances. <laughs> That's going to be like the going thing now. Yeah, this, um,
0: this week's sponsor is whatever,
1: Duralax. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um But they asked him to produce this show, and we'll get into some of the stuff about it, what he wanted. But, you know, they gave him Car blanche because he, Steve or, freaking Soderbergh. I mean, he's great. And he makes this choice ultimately to put this as the absolute pinnacle. And you take a chance there and it basically crapped the bet on him that it, it looked and it said, this is not what you wanted. And it left people going, why'd they do that? Yeah. Because now the best picture suspense is you don't even have that triumph of that. It was just a very weird
0: yeah, do. picture you kind of get everybody up on stage. It's almost like the yep. end of Saturday night live everybody's on stage. Uh yep. just some other quick highlights. Uh you got uh actor in a supporting role. Uh you we both got Carrie Mulligan was happy for her for her performance and promising young woman for actress in a leading role. Uh, actress is a support role. You got um, uh her um was was she the uh uh woman that has been on the planet longer than some of us. She wasn't the, uh, I don't want to say old, but you know what I mean. I'm,
1: well, sure. I'm just confused because Carrie Mulligan didn't win. That had been Francis McDormand.
0: Oh, why do I have that checked and have points for both of us? All right, well, you
1: didn't get 17, right? Oh, <laughs> you had well. 60. No. Really? I got that wrong? Yeah, that was Francis McDormand. Oh. Are you sure you checked off the right thing on any of these? You probably won. <laughs> <laughs> right oh
0: i'm sorry wow maybe i'm yeah just started making my own reality quality uh, quality
1: where were you drinking by that point of the broadcast? there was there
0: was no there was no drinking there was just uh sleepy eye in the morning trying to wake up and, and figure this out um
1: i did get cinematography with mank um yeah. But, which I was thrilled to see that that won. I just didn't expect it because almost every one of the major awards had gone to the, the dude that shot uh, No Man's Land. Right,
0: directing you did get No Man's Land correct. Documentary feature we both got that one right with my uh, my octopus teacher. Which by the way, their acceptance speech went on and on and on and on, which was sweet. But uh, you know, gotta wrap it up, people. Best Picture, No Land. Todd took that one. Also adapted screenplay. We both missed that one with the father. And then, original screenplay, you got that with Promising Young Woman. So, they, Promising Young Woman did get an Oscar. Uh, but, yes, for the most part, it was a disastrous evening for me in prediction of o- Oscars. Yet another clinic you ran as far as how to make good decisions when predicting the Oscars. So,
1: uh, I, I say it every year to anyone listening look at the, where the money it sounds literally yeah. like you're doing an investigation you know follow follow the money and you you've got this year that it's two things follow the money and follow the narrative of what hollywood wants to believe that they are that year nomad land was a no-brainer because of that in its own way it was a metaphor for the the feelings of isolation we all have during the pandemic at that point that's you know what they want uh, this idea that they ever are Selecting the best performance. And I, I say this because Chadwick Bozeman's family was pretty gracious about saying, you know, he, he really didn't care about awards. And I'm sure he didn't. But there were a ton of people online that are like, I'll never watch the Oscars again because you can't persuade me that's not the best performance of the year. Right. But I'm like, yeah, I can. Because this has nothing to do with the best performance of the year. Right? This is sentiment. This is business politics that have happened years before this is oh we've ignored this person and then you get those things where glenn close doesn't get an award and she's asked to do debut. you yes. know but but it, 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 it's silly um
0: and there were a few people that accepted oscars that were were echoing those sentiments as far as just like hey we're all winners we think this is you know bad that you know we're forced into accepting an award when everybody here is is um you know, was worthy of, of, of holding a trophy as well. Um, next up, I've, I've got the fact that this was the lowest rated Oscars in the history, right? 93rd Oscars in the history of the Oscars. Less than 10 million people saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. So I have a quick, I have a website uh, off of deadline.com. Um, just a brief synopsis of the ratings versus uh, the years um so back in back in 2001 42.9 million uh and even uh, um, we'll see oh that's 2020 and then even pandemic year 2020 23.6 million um the highest rated since 2001. With forty three point five million was the year that was uh, Lord of the Rings was uh, Returning the King was the best film. Oh Lord, Billy Crystal is the host. They're in a they're in a downward spiral. I'd just be interested in hearing some of your thoughts. Is you know is it, is it content? Is it the fact that they're not having a host anymore, or are people just wising up and you know listening to the word of Todd as far as you know um, award shows just not being worth. Checking out.
1: I'm going to be real honest with you. The first thing that hit me was no one cares about this type of thing right now because none of these films register. We don't have box office telling us what to think. Ever since Star Wars, I'll I'll actually go back to Jaws. Since Jaws and Star Wars and a few other films come out, this idea that the public becomes interested in how much a movie makes as far as its relevancy to the the film discussion. I I think with that, those box office totals, they don't know what to think. And the weird thing is some of these films are readily available for you to watch. You know, even Promising Young Woman, when I watched it, I had to pay 20 bucks. And you think, wow, 20 bucks for not getting to own it. But if I'd gone to the movie theater, it would have been 20 bucks with a ticket, with popcorn, with all of it. So ultimately, things are changing. We're going to pay these prices at home. And it's going to change How we think about things like this, and it almost makes me wonder if the Academy Awards is not going to really have to shake some things up, not just in how they present it on television, but how they actually go about awarding these things, what they choose, what they do, how they treat this, people don't care because they don't know to you've created a narrative for them that's no longer there because of the pandemic they don't know
0: that's very well said and, and Segways is great greatly or se- great segue anyway it's going to help me transition what we're talking about is what i'm trying to say um so we're going to go in and kind of talk about the visual technical production of it okay so and i know i know you kind of uh mentioned soda um my my little uh reminder line here is soda good idea um so yeah. let's yeah i know let's set up the stage a little bit this was not in the um, it was is it man's chinese theater right um so well, it was it's on not a... where
1: it ever is to be fair but oh oh it's not no oh. um did the hilton no holiday <laughs> <Call it laughs> they, they have the academy theater and i forget what it's called hotel right, six hold it man's chinese theaters oh, is it not i thought it was always live from la's mountains, man Madden theater uh, it's jimmy
0: kimmel um so they held it in the la train historic train station um and I, I guess they were going for a different look there were many things like the main stage with the curtain behind it that was not asymmetrical that was driving me crazy the entire night but I, I get that they were kind of going for a different view, and it's a beautiful building. And one of the things I did like was when I started, they had that nice, natural, what they call in the, I don't know if you know this, Todd, what they call in the film industry, magic hour, where you had the golden rays of the California skyline breezing through the window. Uh, but, you know, it gave a little more, it, it just gave a little more atmospheric feel, I think, just to show that, wow, they're in a place with sunlight. Um. But let's get into Soderbergh, who was, I guess, picked by the Academy to come in and direct this. And I know you know exactly, Connie, what he was going for and, and, and what he decided to go with.
1: So right away, I mean, the, it's it, it was letterboxed, which, you know, for those, if you don't know, that's when you see the black bars above and below. And that's the aspect ratio when you go into a movie theater and see extremely widescreen two five two three five to one i think Uh, so for every two point three inches across it goes one inch up that's basically the math there he was looking for that and he he even shot it with cameras that have lenses that are more like film so it had more of a film look Uh, we open with a tracking shot meaning meaning it's moving following regina king It, it was rather dramatic but at the same time right away he found the most dramatic way to Establish. I'm going to shoot this differently, and it was even to the point when people would present, they didn't look into the lens of the camera. That's that's TV narrative. You know, right into the lens, talk to me. It makes me feel like I'm with you. They did the film type thing where they're looking off to the side as though a conversations happening, and we're actually dropping in on it. I thought it was an interesting choice. I I, I liked it for the majority of the time, and then all of a sudden, weirdly. People started looking in the lens. I was like, uh, did they kind of forget what Soderbergh told them? Don't look in the lens. But uh, did, you, did it was an interesting approach from that standpoint. Did they give the audience any
0: kind of heads up at the beginning? Was there any kind of like, the following program is being shot? Or, I don't know. No. I think that might have been smart because I missed the beginning of it and kind of came in. And I'm like, what is going on? Do they not, when they're missing their marks, are why aren't they looking at the camera? And why does it sound like they're speaking in a tunnel because there was tons of echo just from the natural acoustics of that building, which I got used to. But at the same time, and you know, I, I, what I, what I like is when I see it, I know I don't like it, but when you explain it, it helps me kind of get my head wrapped around it. So I guess I'm not as mad now.
1: Well, I mean, they took a chance on it because it, it, when you, when you, Go for live television. We are so used to when anyone talks to us, they're looking at us. They're there yeah. with us, and so it was. I'd never thought of it. It could have been off-putting to somebody that didn't know that was their approach. Well, and then the, the,
0: some of the shots on some of the people presenting awards were not centered up. They were off to the side with kind of that. Now I understand he was kind of doing his own little uh, capture portrait of of the evening. So that makes a little bit more sense. Uh, but again, overall, it was an award show. So I was able to follow what was going on, which is the most important thing when producing some type of content is people follow, unlike this show where we jump around all over the place. So the other thing that drove me a little, let me rephrase that. One of the things that drove me crazy getting into sound production was having a DJ. Now, I understand that you knew the name of the DJ. I didn't. It's DJ. It's Quest Love. Quest Love highly talented i almost feel bad for the guy because i've got a dj background i never did the oscars but i did dj some some events that didn't really need or or warrant a dj um well,
1: if i can be fair too sure. you know for those of you that don't know Questlove love is not just a dj he's no he's a- not you're right he's the drummer for the roots which is the jimmy kimmel band he is a producer extraordinaire he produced the hamilton album that was just a massive success so the dude's got skins on the wall and right jeff and i talked about this a bit i'm like okay you may not like that and i even agree it was a weird choice we're used to orchestral music cueing us in and out and i i didn't mind it that didn't bother me at all
0: okay good um, but there was the uh good long period in there that every time we came back from commercial or went to commercial, it started out with a and then went into the song, like the scratch on the record. Th- that got that to me, I, you know, and I understand, I understand, and, and maybe it's just uh old old man Jeff. Um, then I also. And again, I'm not saying that this is something that Questlove thought of himself. I'm sure there was direction. I'm sure he was told what to do, um, and he did it well. But the other thing was whenever they would announce a winner, he would play some music, and then as they approached the microphone, he would hit an echo uh, repeat button that would just slowly fade out whatever the last, I don't know, half second of that music was, and it would slowly fade out and then go, which is, you know, Again, I I think you should just fade the music out. <laughs> um, and that kind of got old, too, because one of the things about that is this place was a maze. And I don't understand why they put all these people that have done all this great work and then have him run a rat maze just to get to the stage and then possibly fall over. So I understand that he wasn't a, he was hitting the button to end the music whenever they made it to the stage, which wasn't always the same time. Therefore, the fade out, the gentle fade out, to me, I think works better. Distracting to me a little bit. Um, go ahead.
1: You know what comes of mind about this is that in a 100 and whatever years when people are looking at reviews of this <laughs> Oscars and and suddenly this resurfaces on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. they're going to go, that Jeff didn't know what he was talking yeah, about. That's not like the standard for music fades. Right. before the dj revolution yeah i didn't notice it jeff because i i'm going to be completely honest we were we were behind by about an hour so i was fast forwarding i would just hear who won (laughs) it so i didn't ever hear that well
0: there you go um you were you were managing your time again i these are just things i noticed that just kind of um may had me scratching my head uh another thing that we brought up and wanted to cover for the kind listener was um so they had the usual in memorandum Um, which is a very touching and especially touching this year because so many, uh, who have produced and done so much in Hollywood, you know, died more, more, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, but a lot, there were a lot of people that passed away due to the pandemic. There we go. Uh, I was going to say more so, but this is the first pandemic. So anyway, it seems like it went by rather quickly, like they could have slowed it down a little bit more so you could kind of see everything that was going on. Uh, I think you said
1: your daughter even noticed that. Yeah, I was going to say when an 18-year-old who (laughs) has the attention span of an 18-year-old says, why are they playing it so fast? And my initial thought was because it got so many to get in there. But, you know, of course, they're always going to say there were two or three people they left out. There were just some weird choices. That's where it got into... The first time that I kind of thought, what's he doing? Why is he trying to speed this along? If anything, that should be long, luxurious dissolves, and especially if you're going to do a film thing, that's what I kind of found surprising. It should have been, you know, it should have been almost that Orson Welles type thing where one person's on one side of the screen, the other fades in and it fades off, and it's telling a story. And it was just like I could. There were times, you know, my wife go, "Oh, I can't believe they died." I'm like, "Who? I didn't see it." Right.
0: And stick with the theme, yo. If you're going to do then during the end memorandum, that's not when you go to the orchestral music. Start playing Had the Time of My Life or
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's Horrible. Okay, that brings up something that if if I don't say this, my wife will probably run up here and do a podcast all on her own telling us what idiots we are. And that is that she was so livid with Angela Bassett's introduction of the In because she made it into this bong bastic, damn it, this. And I, at first I it, I was like, okay, the they're, end, they're kind of just going for the almost like you're in church moment. And then it went on for six minutes. I was like, holy crap. You know, all they had to say is we in the film industry – it, this is this isn't just a business. This is a family, and like any family, we lose our loved ones. Let's take a moment to remember. And don't need, yeah. <laughs>
0: um. Okay, so we go through the in memorandum. It's fast, and you know, we're I, I'm like you. I'm I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, 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 no, oh, no, oh, that's right. You know, it was just like so many are gone. Then we come back from commercial. And my skin starts to crawl when I guess one of the co-hosts, and I don't remember this gentleman's name, comes out with a microphone. He's like, hey, how's everybody doing? And everybody's kind of like caught off guard because now we switch from we're going to shoot it like a movie to now we're on a game show. He's like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to do some trivia. And I, I, I'm I, mortified. I'm mortified. And then he's having to like get the crowd pumped up. We just watched In Memoriam. And now it's, come on, liven up, what's going on? It's like, uh, we just saw a bunch of people that did a lot of stuff and aren't going to do that stuff anymore. <laughs> so then, here's the trivia. And mind you, kind listener, from, for for a good five, six years of my life, I DJ'd weddings and, and events. So I've done the, hey, how's everybody doing? And you get nothing, and then you got to go and get them all hyped up. Um, so the trivia was this. We're going to play a song. And we need to know if it was nominated for an Oscar, won an Oscar, or wasn't nominated at all. So the first song they play is Prince, Purple Rain, which the score, I think, did get nominated. But his song, Purple Rain, didn't. And I can't remember who he handed the microphone to in the crowd to help out. But she went on a tirade, and there was a good four or five seconds bleeped because she was saying something about whatever. So that was a little uncomfortable. So they will kind of go around and I'm, I'm literally crawling the sides of the wall in the room because I'm feel I'm so uncomfortable with this whole like, hey, let's have a trivia game thing that I managed to get my senses realigned. And who is he talking to? But Meryl, well, no, not Meryl Streep, but uh, Glenn Close. Glenn Close is going to play the trivia game. And then somehow she ends up doing the butt on national television. The butt was a song that came out way back in the day, 90s, I think. And it was just this doing the butt and you shake your butt up and down and all this stuff. Todd thinks it was scripted, but they say it was uh, improvised. But, I mean, you know how people will do bingo cards for, for for shows? If Lassie falls in a well, you know, you cover that spot. Lassie steps on a toad, cover that spot. Well, whoever had the million-dollar ticket for Glenn Close does the butt on national television during the Oscars, congratulations, because I would have never guessed that was going to happen.
1: So first off, that was Lil Rel Howery who did the segment. He and... He was in Get Out. He, if you've seen Get yeah. Out, he's the guy that picks up our main character at the end of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> so first off, that's why when he spoke to Daniel Kalua, who won the Academy Award, he was in Get Out also. And so yes. they were postars. And he even joked in some point about, yeah, I picked you up at the end or something like that. Um, okay, first off, there's no way that that is completely improv because she knew stats about that song and when it came out she had to, there's no way she just oh, that's right yeah uh, now her getting up and doing it him asking her to do it and she does it that might have been improved yeah. uh, those segments happen in tons of live settings when you're in the commercial break to keep people right, going right. smiles on their face and keep them engaged that's what it felt like to me i felt like um did we come back too early, seconds, yeah. too early yeah, yeah it's yeah. like why am i seeing this and <laughs> So they cut a ton of things from the Oscars. We don't see the people performing the songs, which I'm okay with. I mean, that's, I'm not there to watch somebody perform a song. Um, but if I may bring in one thing, Jeff and I talked about, there are things that we liked that where they showed people talking about their jobs and things like that. And we may go into that more in a little bit, but, um, I don't need to see this. Yeah. What I yeah. want to see more of is that kind of thing. If you want to make this like a movie, show me what it's like to make a movie. Teach me things. Yeah. You know, it, those of us that are fanatics about this, sure, you're not going to teach me anything, but I like to see those people talking about it. Yeah,
0: yeah, because you know, for for a visual medium, when they get up there, you know, I'm Jeff and I'm here. I'm going to deliver the war uh, the uh, the the Oscar for sound editing, and then it's this like. <laughs> saddest sentence written sound editing is then you take the sound and you make sure that the voices match up and, those and then it's going to come. How's that sound? Ha 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 laugh. Right. And you're just like, but if they could go in with some detail and I want to touch on Harrison Ford, just a second, teach us a little bit more. They did do some, have some people talk about the first time they went to a movie. I thought that was neat. You know, Rose uh, uh, Renee Zellweger. No Reese Witherspoon mentioned like the first movie she went to see those are the things i think will drive people before we get into harrison ford the other thing i wanted to add that you made me think of was in the beginning it's like it started out with these okay we're gonna shoot it like a movie and we're gonna have these really great things we are going to have all these action and this and that and that's for me was when they came back and we're like hey let's do some trivia i'm like what happened to the movie aspect of this yeah we suddenly are now doing something different and again i'm sure on paper it looked good and there were people that make a lot more money than i ever will just signed off on it but um absolutely teach us about the movies teach us a little bit more show us if they talk about editing i would love to see this is what they edited on in 1936 and this is what they edited films on in 1970 now it's digital great i've learned something that's cool
1: all right, let's go ahead. If I can interject something yeah. there, I think one of the biggest things in to that regard is well, like when you hear sound editing and sound. Don't they call it mixing? Mixing. It? Yeah. Tell people how that's different. A lot of people like what does editing mean? You, they don't realize how a film is assembled, and right. you know these components. When you're on set, you may not really hear the sound of the clip clop of the heel show, show someone doing Foley and how you put that in, then bring in now mixing is this we, The sound is here, but we know we need it to ramp up slowly to create the tension. And suddenly you're telling these things and people become invested in that. Yeah. They kind of alluded to cinematography and I swear to God, I forget who it was that introduced it. I wanted, I literally almost reached in the camera <laughs> and slapped them <laughs> because you probably don't know what a cinematographer is. And, you know, and I was like, quit, quit talking. Yeah. Yeah. And show them because I, to me, next to the director, there may be no more important technical position. You said on it very well. Cinema cinematog- cinematographer. You said it very well on the last podcast. So the director tells them what they
0: want, and it's up to the cinematographer or the or the director. Is that the DP?
1: DP. Yeah. Director of photography or cinematography.
0: Yeah. Who actually makes it look like it does. So Nomad, with all its beautiful scenes. The, the cinematographer was the, was the person that arranged and made all of that happen with the guidance of the director. So, yeah, they've got to be very talented when it comes to it.
1: Yeah, and I, when you get down to that kind of discussion, and I will not go off the rails with this, but there are so <laughs> many awards that are not given. Assistant director does so much more than just assisting the director. They help with who's on the set. They arrange the movement within the, the frame. They help all these kind of things. And the fact that we don't acknowledge those people, right, in any way shape or form even with technical awards which is another thing they didn't did they talk very much about the technical awards this year no I guess they don't think people give a <clears throat> about that
0: right and listen that's a good segue into uh, Harrison Ford who came out yeah. to talk about I think that was editing right yeah it was editing Um, and it was great I mean you cut to there's Harrison Ford and you know I think that's part of it too is a lot of people go you know obviously you have the red carpet and the dresses and everything else but a lot of people you know, just like to see their actors in an element outside of film, and uh, you know, I love Harrison. Very awkward. I know he's a super painfully shy guy and doesn't necessarily like everything that that the fame from Hollywood has has brought him. But there he is on stage, and he starts talk about editing, and he starts reading what were they daily notes from Probably dailies, so. yeah, and it's just really just <laughs> horrible reviews of different elements that it was in this film that he was he was in. talking about how it rambled on and there was no storyline. It was hard to hard to follow and Harrison wasn't doing things well. Now you and I caught it as soon as they said the character's name, I knew what film they were talking about Blade Runner. but that was interesting too, and that was a great way to end you know intro and learn a little bit. Harrison got out and did his bit. And it was great. I thought that was one of the the highlights of, of the program.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. That you know, And that film famously got so much studio interference that those were the notes he was reading. And the funny thing is, then when it gets to the end, it was such a, a sting on studio executives who have no idea how film is made when I think the comment was, why do we see the ice cube three times? Yeah. And well, <laughs> because the director needs to see it because that's the story they're telling but you know that's the truth of what editing is is you get notes from all over the place and that person it's that person's job to construct a scene out of the footage that's shot i liked that i liked i like when bong joon uh, uh you i think uh came in and, and asked the directing candidates to tell somebody in one what 20 seconds or 20 words or one of those what a director does and i thought some of those answers were yeah. just outstanding of yeah. course david fincher's is the most pretentious of them all you know <laughs> this and this and then if you don't do that it's this i thought oh, shut up <laughs> i love you i think you're fantastic but my god seriously take the stick out of your butt but <laughs> but but the buts all right, Go well, um,
0: I'm just going to leave it at the last thoughts here because I know you've got to get on your way, and and we've been in the ear of the kind listener for almost an hour now. We're trying to limit that, make sure we're keeping it nice and tight. But uh,
1: any last thoughts on the Oscars? You know, it, it's the same thing I say every year. It, it, is, it is predictable. Um, you can look at these things. You're always going to have surprises. There were some this year that really floored me. Um, I still do not understand giving Francis McDormand that award. Yeah. Uh, because it was just another Frances McDormand performance which is solid but she didn't change anything. She's done things before where she changes herself and then this one it was just the same thing we've seen before. Um look if if you if you really want to know what the best is in a year, I said this every time, go look at the AFI. They release a top 10 list that tells you film and television and what and they call them noteworthy achievements. That's where you should go. Congratulations on watching a three-hour commercial for the film industry. If right. you watched it,
0: right? Well said. And again, with that, you know, being too critical, there are a lot of of talented people that put on that show, that did whatever they were told by the director or the producers and how they wanted to put the show together. Kudos for trying something different too. I, I do have to say that it was a nice surprise to see them shooting out of the train station. Um, Amen to that. Yeah, and and you know, there's some stuff to work on. But I invite them to call or write into The Other Kind Radio, info at theotherkindradio.com. Todd and I will come out and produce it next year. Guarantee it will have more than 9 million people watch it. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Directed Hopefully. by who?
1: From where? Oh God, what are these guys gonna do? We could just- but the, train, the train record we create would make more people want to watch <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah,
0: exactly. They were like, how are they? So the, so the Oscars this year are gonna be a podcast? And then, whenever you picked one and, and 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 you were right, I would just overrule it, and say nope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's where our game show element would come from. Right. whatever Todd got correct, Jeff would go right, wrong, wrong, eh, no whammies. Best film is Garfield's
0: Lasagna Weekend. Thank you. That's um,
1: a pretty classic.
0: <laughs> well, my thanks to you. Thank you, Todd, and thank you, kind listener, for uh, listening to yet another episode of the Kind Radio. Again, we do um, ask that uh, you try and uh, subscribe or like the podcast. It does help. And if there are any topics or anything you'd like to talk about, make sure you contact us. Info at theotherkindradio.com. I-N-F-O at theotherkindradio.com. And remember, we got that Other Kind Radio hotline. 214-843-1149. 214-843-1149. You guys go out. Have a nice weekend. Get the some pop culture. Stick it in your ball cap, put your ball cap on your head, and then just walk around town saying, I got pop culture on my head in my ball cap. And see where that gets you.
1: (laughs) And as you're doing that,
0: stay safe. Have a great week. And remember, we are The The Other Kind kind Radio. radio, The Other Kind Radio.